that may be watching us online. It's good to have, oh, she got raptured. Oh, she got transported. Good to have Sister Kiara Carroll. Oh, she's been at Bible College, as many of you know. It's good to see her. It's also good to have my niece, Samantha Breckenridge from Minnesota. Amen. And uh, praise God. Why don't you stand? I feel like I've said this a bunch of times lately, but um, once again, I think tonight might be a little bit kind of different than norm, but it's December. And I also, uh, the, the other thing I feel like I've said a number of times is that I may not be talking to you, preaching, teaching to you, just talking to me. This may be a little more of that tonight. <laughs> um, so I don't have my norm for Thursday nights. I just decided to do it a little different. So uh, thank, thank the media department for being spontaneous and uh, going with the flow here. So 2 Corinthians 12 Verse number one, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to say this, I try to say these things for my own benefit and they still don't help me, but I don't know that I'm necessarily here to teach, uh, kind of just feel like talking to you, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Second Corinthians 12, verse number one. I'm, I'm, I'm reading these verses as a launching point, so before you try to figure out all about these verses and get up caught up in these verses they're 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 they're, they're not the they're not the uh, the destination second corinthians 12:1 it is not expedient for me doubtless to glory i will come to visions and revelations of the lord paul saying there's there's no point in in me glorying but I'm not going to brag. I'm not bragging, but I've had some visions and revelations. And he says, verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell God, knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. He says, I've had visions and revelations. And then if you read the next couple of verses, he says, I knew a man. If you study it out, it all really talking about himself. There's some reasons that are given as to why he said it this way rather than just saying he was that man. But he was talking about himself. So in essence, he was saying, I got caught up. <laughs> into the third heaven. I, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. I, I can't tell. God knows. We, we have a tendency to pretty much always talk about the Apostle Paul. I want to I talk to you a little bit, and hopefully the Lord will help you and help me some. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about the man, Paul. Not the Apostle Paul, but the man Paul. Father, thank you for the privilege of being here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that in the midst of 
busyness and extra things going on in our world this month with the holidays we still have an opportunity to gather together and worship and exalt the name that's above every name the most wonderful name thank you for that opportunity and thank you for an opportunity once again God to open our hearts open our spirits our minds to your word I pray tonight, once again, God, that your word would fall on good ground. I know that the seed is good, but let, let, our, let our hearts be good ground for the seed of your word. That we might be benefited, that you might do in us and through us what you desire. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. No doubt, the Apostle Paul is a pretty amazing individual, in, in, my, in my opinion, and I would suspect that some others here tonight would probably agree, but in my opinion, next to Jesus Christ, I would say the Apostle Paul seems to be the greatest man that ever lived. Much of the New Testament, so you know we we spend a lot of time talking about the Gospels and what's in the Gospels and all of that is is very important. But in a lot of ways, what takes place in the epistles is a little more relatable to us because there, Jesus was not in the flesh anymore. What took place in the Gospels and what was being said, Jesus was there saying it and. And, and the disciples, they were not just following the words of Jesus and, and somebody talking about Jesus. They were following, physically following Jesus. But throughout the epistles and, and the things that are being written and the things that are being said, that it, it's talking to people that aren't following Jesus physically. They're, they're, they're the first generation of what you and I are now. We... We, we, you know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And, and so we're, we're no longer following Jesus in the flesh the way they did in the Gospels. So there's a lot of things to me that throughout the epistles are, are really important to us to understand what we're doing, how we're, how we're supposed to act, conduct ourselves as a part of the church today. And as you know, most of that most of those epistles were written by the Apostle Paul. And while Hebrews is, in essence, accredited as being unknown, many are of the opinion that Paul wrote Hebrews. And, and, and we have this, I believe, this tendency to always think about Paul in the context kind of of the verses I just read to you. This man of great revelation and, and, and visions and spiritual understanding and, and being caught up into the third heaven and, and, and writing all of these epistles. And, and, and to me, in essence, what happens is he becomes this, this guy that's on a pedestal. And, and there's Paul, and then there's somewhere there's us. One of the things that I appreciate greatly about the Bible is it makes no efforts to hide the humanity 
of those that are key characters in Scripture. In fact, it, it doesn't, it's not that it goes out of the way to do it, but it, it doesn't back up from revealing the flaws and the failures. From a natural perspective, most of what we try to do is hide and cover and 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 you know we we don't we want people to think we have it all together. We we want people to think everything's going great in our lives. I, I met a couple of pastors from section three, the section we are a part of in the Maryland DC district, and met a couple of them for lunch on Tuesday and and, and one of them made the point, you know, and a lot of times it's the case, we have this, as pastors, we have perceptions of all the other pastors and all the other churches that they're just awesome and blowing and going and everything's great and you think you're the only one in the world that's facing issues and problems and difficulties. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some couples here tonight that you're kind of of the opinion, all the other couples in the church, all the other marriages are absolutely perfect and great, and you're the only one here tonight that's got issues. Because we all sit all snuggled up and close to each other in the sanctuary. But some of you got had to make up your minds before you turned the ignition off, okay, this fight stops for right now. And you come in here acting all in love when you yeah, don't don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. The bottom line is most of us feel like we're the only everybody else. Because what do we do? We we have a tendency, and it's human nature. We have a tendency to judge by what we see in here. If I was judging by what I see in here tonight when it comes to the marriages in this church, those of you that are here tonight, I would think that we've got a bunch of absolutely awesome, perfect marriages. I mean, it's not just a few newlyweds snuggled up to each other. I see some folks been married for a little while snuggled up. If I was sitting over there, I'd be snuggled up. But the, the Bible doesn't, doesn't try to portray... In fact, I, I, one, of the, one, of the things, one of the things that so amazes me, just, just one simple example is in, in, I believe it's in the book of Romans, Paul in talking about Abraham says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. I have a question. Anybody ever read through Genesis and read about Abraham? Anybody here know the life of Abraham? When you read in the Old Testament the life of Abraham, do you read a man that was fully persuaded? In fact, to me it's the opposite. I read about a man who made some decisions because he wasn't necessarily fully persuaded God was going to do what he said. And Paul comes along and says he was fully persuaded. And I I think kind of the bottom line explanation for that is God is not measuring you and I on any moment-to-moment situation. But God is looking more at the outcome. That's why when Paul says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. How do you get in Christ? You're baptized in Christ. So if you're baptized into Christ and in Christ you become a new creature, when you are baptized, you become a new creature. 
And I've done this many times and I'll probably keep doing it in the future. But how many of you, the moment you got baptized and got out of that tank and went back to living, you were an absolutely 100% different person. No more struggles that you had before you got baptized. If you were addicted, no more addiction, no more. How many of you, that's what happened? No. Sometimes you don't raise your hands because you're not cooperating with me, but... This time I believe your hand shouldn't be up. No. So does that mean what Paul says is not true? Does that mean the word of God is a lie? No. God calls those things that are not as though they already were. John said it this way in 1 John chapter 3. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. I was just going to be talking. This is some fast talking. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. So again, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hide or cover. And we get this, we get this impression, and, and where I'm going, bear with or, or hang on and don't jump again, don't jump to conclusions, because I'm not again, this is not about pointing out all of Paul's faults and failures. That, that's not really the context, even though I'm sure he had them. But really, kind of more of the context of where, by the help of the Lord, we're going, is I think a lot of us have created some very unrealistic and very unachievable expectations for our walk with God and, and for our ministry. Because we know all about the Second Corinthians part of Paul. The revelations and the visions and all of these amazing things. But a couple of weeks ago, and I've referenced this several times now, but a couple of weeks ago as I was re-reading through all of the epistles, uh, I I was reading in Philippians and I came across something. uh, Well, As you know, I've come across a bunch of things during that time. But one of the other things that I came across was just... It's not some necessarily amazing shocking revelation or thing but it just I think because of some of those expectations I have set for me it was a very relieving thing to read some things that Paul says here in this chapter 2 of Philippians I'm going to start with verse 13 for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. And I'm going to just kind of go through and read the whole chunk, and then I'm going to bring you back to where I want to draw your attention. That you may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word, of, the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if, I, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. 
For the same cause also do you joy and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. See, there's nobody else like Timothy to be able to do this. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. Isn't that amazing? This, is, this isn't the thing. So this is Paul saying, I don't have anybody else like Timothy, but I, I've got Timothy that I can trust to send him, and I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry he's going to have his own agenda. I don't have to worry he's going to try to do his own thing. I, I, I can trust that he's going to do what I send him to do. Because all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But you know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you a practical... Yeah, that guy. My brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger and he that ministered to my wants. So it's it's verse 19 that I want to really kind of draw your attention to. Back to 19 in the King James, he says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort. When I know your state. The Amplified Bible says verse 19 like this. But I hope and trust in the Lord Jesus soon to send Timothy to you. So that I may also be encouraged and cheered by learning news of you. Living Bible says it this way. If the Lord is willing, I will send Timothy to see you soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling me all about you and how you are getting along. And then the Passion Translation says it like this, Yet I'm trusting in our Lord Jesus that I may send Timothy to you soon so I can be refreshed when I find out how you're doing. The first thing I, I want to I point out to you in this verse, and I'll use the Living Bible and the way it says it, he says, If the Lord is willing... Meaning, here's what I want to do. This is what my this is what I would like to do. I would like to send Timothy to you. That's that's my desire. Anybody here tonight? You have some of you have some desires. Anybody? Now that other question, I didn't expect to see some hands on this one. I don't mind seeing a few hands. You got some desires. You you got some things you'd like to see. You got some things you'd like to do. The Apostle Paul is saying, here's some things I would like to do. Here's some things I would like to see if the Lord is willing. And so part of what he was saying there is, I'm not quite sure if that's what the Lord's willing to do. Or let's put it in this terminology. I'm not quite sure if that's the Lord's will. So let, let me, let, let, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I'm sorry to say so first point, but I'm not sure it's the first point. And I don't necessarily want to n- numerically order them, but, but first point, <laughs> Paul did not have absolute 
complete foreknowledge and insight to what the will of God was. How many of you want to know the will of God? How many of you, it's your desire to do the will of God? In every situation, every you want to do the will of God? How many of you got some things right now that, that you, you're not sure what the will of God is for that to... How many of you are struggling with the fact that you've got some stuff you don't know what the will of God is and so you're battling with feeling like you're unspiritual because you're not certain what the will of God is? Anybody? About all the same hands that were just up. The same guy. The same guy that had visions and revelations. The same guy that was caught up into the third heaven said, I'm not totally sure if it's the will of God to send Timothy or not. If you were more spiritual, and then here's the problem, and I'm not done on, on this riding this next horse, because I haven't even got to the main part on the one to ride this next horse. This is just a little appetizer. I, 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 I'm assuming if I, as, a, as the pastor, struggle with this, the guy that's supposed to have it all together, and... I'm on this next point. Then I'm assuming. I don't know. There been there been a, this happened one time literally before God. I was sitting talking to someone in my office, and this was years ago. But I think at the time I was co-pastor. I wasn't senior pastor, and and uh, this person is and they're telling me about some things that they had experienced. They were telling me about some things that took place in their living room. And I mean, it was like, and everything God was saying and doing. And the thought literally crossed my mind. You know what? We really need to switch places here. You belong on this side of the desk. I belong in your seat. Because the guy behind the desk is supposed to be the one that, you know, And there are days that I struggle some because there's some folks that apparently God speaks to them everything and every detail about everything. He doesn't do me that way. And Paul says... I'm not, I'm not quite sure if it's the will of God for me to do this or not. This is what I want to do. I want, I want to send Timothy. I, I'm not sure. I gotta, you would think a guy that had been to the third heaven would be able to know. Not just, I want to send Timothy... But hey, Timothy, go. That's what. But he, he says, I, I, if the Lord is willing, I will send. If the Lord is willing, I want to send. I trust him. I trust to send him to you. In, in, in verse 25, he says, it says in the King James, yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphrodotus, whatever that is. You know what? Here, here's what the word supposed means. In the, in the Greek, 
And I'll tell you in advance, in the Greek it basically means what it means in the English. You ever, you ever supposed something? Somebody asked you for an answer and you, 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 well, I suppose, what are you saying? When you suppose, what, well, I think I heard you say this, Mr. Johnson, what, you don't know. I don't suppose what I know. I suppose what I don't know, so if it's not right, then I just supposed. That word suppose in the Greek means to deem, to consider. I think, I mean, have you ever made a decision, I don't a job decision, a, a, a direction, fairly significant direction decision for your life because you suppose that was the direction and, and it turned out that maybe you, that wasn't quite the direction. Anybody? Yeah. So then, then, then what do we do? Well, I'm a failure. I don't know the voice. Of, I can't hear the voice of God. Except what did Paul say in Romans 12? The first couple of verses. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's not... That, that doesn't mean there's three options for the will. There is a good will of God. There's a perfect will. There's an, that's, not, that, that's elements of the will of God. But you are to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Do you know what the word prove there means? It means to test. So when you are testing the will of God and you find out, nope, that wasn't the direction I was supposed to go, you are not a failure. You are not a failure and you don't need to throw in the towel because, well, I don't even know how to hear the voice of God. Why? Because you tested? Okay. I, 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 I'm hoping and trusting that the Lord is going to let me send Timothy to you. Back to the King James, verse 19, from the beginning. I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort. And here, it's really, it's, it's this last, the last phrase of this verse that what absolutely just spoke to me several weeks ago. I'm hoping to send Timothy to you so that I can find out what's going on with you. Meaning, just because he had been up in the third heaven, he didn't know everything by the Spirit that was going on there. I'm going to send Timothy because I want to find out. I, I want to know about what's going on. Now, there's, there's two sides of this coin we're going to get to. So the first side of this is you will never have the ability to know everything. God's not going to tell you everything. God's not going to let you discern everything. Especially if Paul didn't 
if the same guy who had these great visions and revelations still had to use somebody to go find something out, that does not mean you are a flawed individual and that you are not as spiritual as you should be. You're not as equipped of a leader or a minister as you should be because God doesn't tell you and show you everything that's going on in people's lives. There's some people that they think, keyword, think, God tells them everything. Think God shows them every... Then in my opinion, they're saying they are greater than the Apostle Paul. Because even he had a side to them that him that was a human, just as human as yours and mine. And though he was used so powerfully for much of the New Testament, he still had to trust. Never forget years ago, Working with a situation, brother, it was involved with it. Some with brother you and others. And this individual was—I guess I'll say it this way—they were highly offended because they were coming to church week after week after week, and they were dealing with a certain issue, and nobody discerned it. So what they were implying was we were, we were flawed. We weren't as spiritual and gifted as we, because how in the world could they come service after service after service after service and no one discerned? Because I don't know what he doesn't tell me. And believe me, he can show it if he chooses. <laughs> Paul says, I, I want to send Timothy to, to see what's happening. And I'm looking forward to him coming back so that I will now know. Is it making sense to anybody? This is Not that you gotta you gotta discern it all, Timothy, or Paul, excuse me. You gotta you the, the spirit's gotta t- no. Not going to. There, there's some things that you're gonna desire and hope for because you don't know yet whether or not they're the will of God. And and then there's some things you're you 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 you're interested for the right reason, not not just nosiness or putting your nose places it doesn't, you know, not genuine, sincere reasons you're interested in something, but, but God's not going to, it's not going to come through your, your spiritual gifts. I don't know about you, but I am thankful. God doesn't just automatically tell somebody my stuff. I appreciate the fact that he gives me a chance to work some stuff out. That's kind of what you said along the lines of what you said to me a couple of days ago, Brother Tom. I, 
I, I, I appreciate that. Bottom line is when God's having to tell somebody else you're junk, it's because he's been talking to you and you ain't listening. When I was in high school, it's one of my lifelong best friends standing in the back, head usher, one of the, one of the most humbling, not humbling, humbling, as a bishop, but my, my roots would, I would otherwise, I would have said the most humbling, but it's, but it's not. Humility, anyway. One of the most humbling things on a weekly basis is, is the way that Brother Vernell Spriggs Jr. treats me, having been peers for all of our lives, and now for him to, the biblical word is serve, not just this congregation, but to me is very, very humbling. We go way back. We go back, way back to the days in which I would tell him, listen, don't let Angie know that I'm asking. (laughs) Just see if you can find out whether or not she really likes me. I wish I was making that up, but I ain't making that up. You know, I, I think that was essentially acceptable that, you know, all you young people and all the stuff we teach about made to be pure, close your ears for a moment, because this contradicts that. But I think, you know, in ninth, tenth grade, <laughs> what, what would you think of me, and probably really more importantly, what do you think she would think of me if I went to... My friend and say, hey man, do me a favor. Would you would you go talk to my wife? Not, you know, don't let her know that I'm sending you, but would you go find out if she really loves me? What kind of dysfunctional relationship would that be if that's what I did or felt like I had to do? Why is it we always want somebody else getting caught up in what we ought to be able to do right here? Oh, we need each other. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, we need each other. But I, I, I don't need my affirmation of him for me coming from having to be real dependent upon someone else. Box checked. I've now done it. I have no idea why I got down that rabbit trail. <laughs> Anybody know why? Help me out. What? Humbling. Yeah. This is humbling too. having somebody know you're, y'all are listening, that's, that's encouraging, <laughs> not helping me, but you're listening, <laughs> oh boy, let's go back here, let's just read the verse again, and then we'll, we'll see, 
Again, the Passion Translation, so I can be refreshed when I find out. How to, when I find out. Not when God tells me everything, not when I discern everything, but when I... I, I, I supposed, he says. I, I, I was thinking, I was considering, I, I, I felt like... I wasn't totally sure. I wasn't 100% positive. I was try I was testing to prove what what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hey, don't don't forget taught about it for several weeks, several months ago. Don't forget it's Paul is the guy that's Paul, Paul, Paul is the one that says, the things that I should do, I, I don't do. And the things that I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. Because there is these, there is these opposing natures that are working in me. And, and, and again, as I taught several months ago, the challenge is I've got to, I have to determine which one of those natures is the true me. Paul, 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 Paul says, I don't do the things I should do. And I do the things I shouldn't. That's not, again, that's not an excuse for us, but it is a reality check for us. And it's also to be an encouragement for us that when I find myself in the same condition that Paul describes, if there's hope for Paul, there's hope for me. But here's, here's I, I said there was kind of two sides to that coin. James 5 and... Actually, let me, let me back up before I get there. Listen, listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure... Through the abundance of the revelations. <laughs> that's that's kind of what we read about there in, in the beginning of 2 Corinthians. The abundance of those revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, we, we, we have no idea, to my knowledge, we have no idea what that thorn was. I've heard some people that they think they know, but I don't know where they get that from. Because I don't know of anything in Scripture that gives us a clear indicator of what the thorn Paul had was. My personal opinion as to why that's the case is because if we knew exactly what Paul's thorn was, we would put every thorn would pretty much have to be that thorn. 
And so the goal was not for you and I to get caught up in the thorn specifically, but in the principle. Because you and I are going to have some things that are thorns. And what God chooses to be a thorn for one person is not going to be the same thing. Some of you tonight, you've got a thorn. Your thorn is ongoing physical affliction, some kind of an ailment. Others of you don't really have any physical issues, but it doesn't ma- it seems to not matter what you do, how faithful you are, your finances are always challenged. You keep going down the list. So Paul, somebody say Paul. The, the, you don't have to say this part. The Apostle Paul. The, the Apostle Paul has this thorn, and, and watch, watch what he does in the, in the next verse. For this thing, what thing? The thorn. So let's read it that way. For this thorn, I besought the Lord three times to take it away. Three times. The word besought means beg. Three times I, I begged the Lord to take away this thorn. Paul. Paul. Now, I'm going to say it this way. I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable saying it this way, but... Apparently, Paul prayed the wrong prayer. I'm saying that, I'm not being sarcastic with that. He prayed the wrong prayer because of the answer he got. The answer he got wasn't, okay, I'll take it away. The answer was, I'm not taking it away. And my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so then he goes on to say, Most gladly, therefore, will I rejoice. The very thing I was just, watch this, the very thing he was just begging God to take away, he is now rejoicing over. But in the interim, he begged God to take it away. He begged God, take this away. At the end of the day, he had to accept the answer. But he asked God three, three times. James says something along these lines that, you know, you can say, well, we're going to go here or we're going to go there. If. The Lord wills. This is what I'm planning. This is what I'm intending to do. This is this is, but but all of that is 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 predicated on what the Lord wills. So if I am planning to do this and I am going along with my plans, but the Lord wills something different, I'm good with that because at the end of the day, I want what the Lord wills. But I don't always know the specifics of what the Lord wills. I 
I think we live, and if, if, if the rest of y'all don't, then somebody just politely shake your head at me, and I'll close my iPad, and we'll dismiss, and we'll go. But I think many of us have created, I know I have, I'll speak for me. I have created these ideals, these, these, these standards by which Paul and others in Scripture operated, and therefore I live most days feeling like a complete failure because I'm thinking God ought to be telling me everything. I ought to be able to know everything. I ought to be able to know every single decision that I need to make, have absolute confidence and certainty what the will of God is. I don't need to be supposing. I, I don't need to be hoping, you know, Lord, this is kind of what I'd like to be able to do. I need to know. Paul says, I, and I'd like to send Timothy. This is what I'd like, this is what I would like to do. And I, I'm not sure what we'll find out. Hopefully it works. And, and, and the other reason I want to find, I want to send him is because I'd like to know some things. You deacons tonight, those of you that are directly responsible for ministry roles where you're leading people, overseeing people, God's not going to tell you everything. You don't have to, have to be able to discern everything. Sometimes you just need to use the good common sense tools God gave. Please, I, I'm just going to, hopefully I don't need to say this, but please, I just, just for the record, I, I, I'm not, this is not here to undermine spiritual gifts and and God speaking and visions, and I believe in all of those things. I believe God does all of those things. But all I know is that in my life, that's not what he's doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's encouraging to know that people like Paul, he wasn't doing it that way for them either. So, Paul says, I'm sending Timothy because I want to find out what's going on. Now, watch, I told you there was two sides to that, that coin. Watch this, James 5, 14. And, and there, there's, a, there's another point in this verse that ties back to the point I just made to you from 2 Corinthians 7 and 8, 12 verses 7 and 8. But Is any sick among you? This is the way, I'm going to read it the, the way I think most of us think it is. Is there any sick among you? Let the elders use their spiritual giftings and discernment and call out the sick and pray for them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Obviously, that's not what it says. <laughs> What does it say? Is there any sick among you? Let him. Who's the him? Who's the him? The sick person. Let 
him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Amplified says it this way, Is anyone among you sick? He, the sick one, should call in the church elders, the spiritual guides, and they should pray over him, anointing him with oil in the Lord's name. I I, I want you to notice, first point, going back to 2 Corinthians, you've got an invitation. If you're sick, you've got an invitation to ask. You've got to be prepared to accept the answer. <laughs> because the answer might not be, I'm taking the sickness. The answer might be, I'm giving grace. But James says, if you're sick, call for the elders. Let them anoint them. Pray for them. Now watch this. That word sick there. The root word and, and the, the, the first word that comes up when you look up the Greek word, but, but also the root word here, it, it's not limited to physical issues. Hello. So let me say it this way. It's not saying if there's anyone physically ill, physically sick among you, let them. That word sick means strengthless in various applications. Literal, figurative, and moral. So therefore, when James says if there's any sick among you, that word sick can apply to physical, but it can also apply to spiritual, emotional, mental struggles. That if you're having them, you have an invitation, but you also have a responsibility. Somebody help me. Somebody pray. But no, what do we want? We want the elders walking the aisles. Oh, oh, let me see. You, 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 you know, we, we want, we want, tell them everything that's going on. Paul said, I'm going to send somebody. Find out what's going on because I don't know everything. I don't discern everything going on. And I, well, if I've heard this one time, I've heard it dozens of times. I don't want to exaggerate so I can say dozens. Well, I just don't like to ask for help. That is some of the biggest bunch of baloney. Because you're, when you're in certain circumstances, you ain't got no problems asking for help. We, when we say, well, I'm just not somebody that asks for help. What you're, oh boy, what, what, what I'm saying when I, if I say that is, I, well, I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm struggling with my pride because I don't really want you to know what's going on. I don't want you to know that I don't really have it all together. And so I just, I'm just not one that asks for help. <laughs> we were riding along in the, in the, in the, 
car the other day. We a couple of different family activities this week, and I forget. I think Timothy was doing something in the car, fooling around, and and Jacob. Most of you know Jacob's in school for paramedic training, and 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 uh, it was Timothy was like faking some kind of medical something. I don't remember what it was. And Jacob chimes in. He's like, "Yeah, it's kind of like the calls we get." When you when you think when you think the need is great enough, you don't have any problem. Like, let, let, me, let me kind of back up for a second. How many of you, when you're when you're struggling with some kind of a physical problem in your body, sitting around waiting? Well, I wonder when the doctor's going to call me. I wonder when the doctor's going to reach out because I'm sick. I've been, so I got something going on, and I, 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 man, I got a pain, and it's not going away. And that, I'm, I'm changing doctors. You fall outside in the parking lot, fall down, break your neck. You got your phone by you. You're all by yourself, but you got your phone. You can use your phone, and you're sitting there laying there. Well, I sure hope the paramedics from the Arnold Fire Department hurry up and come. What? Absolutely not. You know, if I'm in need, I'm not trusting the fire department that their spiritual gifts are working. I need help. If there's any sick among you, let the person that's sick. It's, I've already referenced one, but brother, you knows a couple other guys that can I, but brother, you and I, We've had these conversations for 15, 20 years now. People will be in a hospital for several days. And nobody came and visited them. Nobody called and told them they were praying for them. Nobody sent them a text to let them know they had them on their mind. But the key thing that gets left out is they never told anybody. I wish I was making it up. Brother, you is my witness. Through the years, people, well, they're offended because I was, who, who did you tell? Well, I didn't tell nobody. Why? Well, I mean, come on, y'all are supposed to, y'all are all the ways up in the heavenlies. You should, no. I've said it several times the last several months, but. There's a whole lot about social media that can be a very negative thing and a draining thing. But you know what? There's been a few times I was thankful for it. Wow, thank God for Facebook. I had no idea this person was dealing with that. No idea they were battling this sickness. No. I think sometimes we want to we make, and I think sometimes we do it because it, it's really just it can become an excuse for us. But we... We, we want to make this thing way more mystical than it is. And again, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be unkind, but there's, there's people, of course, not, not, of course, none of them are at Antioch Central. I'm talking about other churches, other places. I was, I, I know, he, I think he watches sometimes and either live or archive, so... Uh, hopefully he's not watching. If he does, he won't get too mad at me. But I, I was on the 
I was on the phone a couple of days ago with Brother Grossbach, and we were just chatting about a few different things. And he said, let, let, let me ask you a question. He said, you know, you, you may end up losing respect for me after I, I, I ask you this. But I, I, he said, how, you know, how, how does God talk to you? I mean, is it like there's this almost audible conversation between you and him all the time? He, he said, thankfully, I felt better. He kind of helped me be able to give an honest answer. I would have tried to give an honest answer either way. But he definitely made it easier. He said, that's not, that doesn't really work that way for me. He said, it's, it's more, I don't know, an impression. It's more something in the scripture. That, a rhema. It's, it's, I'm like, that's exactly way it works for me. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm going to say it one more time. In this context, I am not at all discounting. I am a firm believer that, that people have conversations with God. And you can speak to God and God, I've heard, I mean, I've heard Bishop. He, he just told it again at pause. A conversation he had several years ago with God. You know, what, 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 uh, where did you come from? God re responded, you know, how far do you want to go? I'm, I, you may want me to resign after this, but I don't know that I can tell you God and I have ever had quite that interaction. I do know there's been dozens and dozens and dozens of times I've walked out of a service and somebody's walked up to me and said, Pastor, I can't tell you how much that was what I needed. And I just was in a conversation yesterday and we were talking about the very same things you said. And I asked some questions yesterday and you just got through answering them. So, come on. I, I might be wrong and I'm not going to try to confirm or deny this. I'll just throw it out there and leave it. But I, I, I got a feeling there's probably more of you that can relate to me than that relate to some other things you've heard. And again, man, the enemy is so great. It, well, if you, were, if you were really spiritual, if you were really called, if you were really anointed, you'd this and that and the other and I don't think anybody's questioning if Paul was really called. I don't think if anybody's, I don't think anybody's questioning if Paul was really anointed. And Paul said, I'm going to send Timothy so I can find out. I want to send Timothy because I want to know. So first of all, we got to kind of settle whether that's what God wants. And then if we settle that that's okay, that's what God wants, then I'm, I'm sending him because he's going to come back and let me know the stuff that I don't know. I, I got to tell you, I don't have any trouble believing if God could have taken, I, I say that rhetorically, not doubting, if God took, rephrase it, if God took Paul to the third heaven, he couldn't have just told him all the stuff that was going on. And yet he didn't. And so if he didn't for him, he won't 
for us. No doubt the Apostle Paul was a great man of God, but he was still a man. What did James say about Elijah? He said he was a man who was subject to like passions. The guy that spoke and it didn't rain for three years and then he speaks again and it rains. That guy, James said, he was subject to like passions just like you and I. He had ups and downs. He had, so in fact, my take, which is different than some, but you, you find him on Mount Carmel calling down fire from heaven Standing down all the prophets of Baal all by himself. You, to me, you would have thought that from that moment forward, he would have been invincible. Let's go. Who's next? Bring it on. Check my Instagram account. Look at the video of what happened. You want to mess with me? And the queen starts threatening him. And he starts running for his life, hiding out in a cave, asking God, the same God he called on to bring fire from heaven. You would think he'd be kind of reluctant to ask this, having just seen fire come down from heaven. But he still asks God to kill him. Just kill me. He went from one of the most amazing, sensational experiences in the whole Bible. There's some stuff that happened, but watching fire come down from heaven, consume a sacrifice, consume the altar, lick up the water around the altar. I mean, that's pretty amazing. He goes from there to here. Am I the only person in the room tonight that's ever felt like you went from, woo, let's go, to hello, God? It's me, the same guy that was on the mountain yesterday. It's me. I don't know where you are today. You were there yesterday. going to. Send Timothy. If God wills, I'm going to send him. So I can find some things out. Know what's going on. There are plenty of people. I've, I've prayed this. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to quit. It's my last time to teach you on a Thursday night for until next year. I don't get to teach till next year. Shouldn't have said that because now I forgot what I was about to say. Anybody know? Help me here.
going to be really good. <laughs> Nobody, no hints. Come on. Do I get a lifeline? We can get a <laughs> Now y'all act like you weren't even listening because I'm not even giving hints of what I was saying now. <laughs> she, she, she's testing it, proving it. What did you say, Brother Allen? Yeah, there it is. Is it there? It was probably something about that. <laughs> like passion, Mount Carmel. Caramel candy, caramel corn, <laughs> something, caramel. Oh, my goodness. The good thing is you don't have to worry about me doing this on Thursday night until next year. To be humbled. I, I, my stubbornness is kicking in. I'm not quite ready. Not quite ready. Quite ready. It's gonna come. I'm gonna dismiss. And the second I dismiss, it's gonna. It's gonna come. I can say it on. I can say it on realm. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's good. Oh, well. Praise God. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Johnson, you think we can install a trap door? Because I think every now and then I'd. I could, or do, I did, all I did was see a clip on Instagram, I have no idea what was being sung, done, or whatever, I won't even call it, but this singer, there's all this glitter that just fell down, and they disappeared, so I, I need that. <laughs> Why don't you stand, that way most of you can't see me anymore, only the ones on the front row. <laughs> Praise God. I, I'm, I, this, this, I don't think this was it, but I am going to say this. I, I, I beg of you again, please. There, there, there's no intent tonight of anything that's been said to, to minimize or belittle the operation of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And absolutely none of that. I believe it with all of my heart. But I also know God doesn't, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, He's not showing you, speaking to you, everything. There, there's some things that you may be unsure about, and there's some things God may, there's some, there's some, there's some means and methods that God may use to get you knowledge and understanding and information that you need that may not come through some overly spiritual process and that's okay that's okay 
if you've got some thorns and you'd really prefer God to get rid of them, you might beg him three times. And he might come back and finally say, nope. And as long as you can make the switch, I'm not asking anymore. I'm now rejoicing in the infirmity because of what it's producing. So be it. Father, thank you for your word, your spirit. I pray, God. I pray somehow, Lord, that every individual in this place tonight, those that are watching right now or may watch in the future, that have somehow created these ideals and these pedestals that somehow we've got to achieve to be men and women of God, to be used of you, that when those things don't happen that way, they're not operating that way in the the, the regularity or the consistency we think they should, that we can still have the peace and the confidence of knowing. You've called us. You've equipped us. You're using us. You're going to use us. If you choose God, you can speak. You can show us anything that you want to tell us directly. But if you decide to use other means and other vessels in our lives rather than the giftings or the discernment that we have personally, then that, that's okay. It's okay, God, to rely upon those resources you put in our lives. Help us tonight. Lord, there's, there's a lot of people in this congregation. There's a lot of individuals that have a responsibility some based on a position or a role they have. Others may not have a specific role or position, but they, they carry a burden. They walk around with care and concern for those that are under their care, those that you've entrusted them to watch over and care for. The enemy would like to come consistently in our lives and weigh us down with condemnation, accuse us that, we're not enough, we're not good enough, we're not properly equipped, we're, we're all of these negative things. But I pray, God, that by your grace that voice would be silenced, that we would be able to be at peace with who we are and the way you work in us, the way you've chosen in each one of us to work and operate. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by your grace, I trust you tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, in Jesus' name.